No Thanks Needed with Mike Van Acker. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to No Thanks Needed. I'm Mike Van Acker. I'm a stand-up comedian. I run trivia shows and I talk on the radio from time to time. I love that you're here, particularly new people coming in from America, Canada. Not quite sure why you're here. Love that you are. I'll talk to you more about that in a second. For now, though, in this pod, my favorite pair of undies has gone missing. Where are they? My Uber Eats guy also went missing. And we've got a state election coming up. How do I know? Because strangers are waving at me on the street. Let's go. No thanks needed. So a few months back, I told you guys that I had gone out and bought a pair of day of the week boxer shorts, uh, a set of them. So every day of the week on the waistband of the boxer shorts, it really anchored me during the COVID lockdown period and just allowed me to know what day it was that no one could argue with. But there is drama in my household. Tuesday are missing. That's right. I can't find my Tuesday boxer shorts. Now, if it was Saturday, I guess I kind of understand it. I mean, who hasn't gone out on a Saturday night and come home? without their undies and we've all done that could happen to anyone but Tuesday who is losing their undies on a Tuesday let me tell you Tuesday nights I compare a trivia show at a place called Sports Central at Caboolture the north side of Brisbane 7 o'clock for Brisbane people love to see you there anyway whilst that show does get a little crazy from time to time I really don't think it ever gets lose your undies and don't even remember crazy But just in case, last Tuesday night when I left the club, I drove slowly out and drove slowly all the way home, checking the side of the road in case my wayward boxer shorts had turned up there. Didn't find them. Now I'm wondering if the culprit is someone within my household, if my 17-year-old son Jake is getting around in my boxes. I think he'd be horrified by that thought, so I imagine it's not him. I'm certain it's not Drea. And why would Evie, Drea's 17-year-old daughter, want to be getting around in my gear? It makes no sense, so my eyes have turned to the neighbours. I wonder if the neighbours in the dead of night have snuck over and have raided our clothesline for my Tuesday undies. They got really dodgy taste if they did, let me tell you. There's much nicer stuff. Some of Drea's gear would kill the neighbours. But I'm almost at the point where I'm feeling like I need to put like a, like a, a video on Facebook going, If you have my undies, I will find you. I have acquired a particular set of skills over many years. I will find you and I will kill you. And that seems like a lot of work just for a pair of boxer shorts with Tuesday written on the waistband. I think it's a sign from God from now on. I take Tuesdays off. I stay in bed. There is no Tuesday. Ha! No thanks needed. Now something I am finding a little bit strange is in the past couple of weeks I've picked up couple of hundred new listeners in America and Canada from all over America so it's not like I've got like a cluster of them they're everywhere and I would love to know how you found me if you want to send me an email mike at thecomedians.com.au I would love to know where these listeners come from I love that you're here I'm not quite sure if you find what's going on in suburban Brisbane all that interesting but hey good on you if you're up for it so am I and we have stuff in common because like you we have an election coming up having said that That's where the similarities end. Uh, It's an election. You've got one. We've got one. Yours is full on. Every day here, the news and particularly on Twitter, uh, there's all this he said, she said. There's accusations of drug use back and forth to the other one. There's he's lying. No, he's lying. He's a fool. No, he's a fool. I don't like him. I've never liked him. 
Whereas over here, we've got an election to determine the premier of our state, like the, I guess, a bit like the governor, I think, uh, in the American system. And our election is very, very drab. We've got two very well-meaning women uh, up against each other. One's, um, let me say, the Labor Party, which is as close to the Democrats as you guys are going to get. And um, I guess the Liberals are the Republicans uh, without the crazy orange guy. Anyway, Australians generally are not particularly involved or invested in the political process. And you see that in the way they campaign. They don't door knock, they don't do town halls, they run a few ads on TV, I suppose. But the main way you know there's an election on is at street corners, at traffic lights and stuff, there will be people from the various camps and they're all wearing wearing the the team t-shirt and they hold the core flute sign up of the candidate that they want you to vote for. And as you drive past, they wave the sign at you with one hand and wave at you with the other. That's it. There's no talk about policy. There's no talk about what they're going to do. There's no promises. To be fair, on the plus side, there's no lies either. But does that mean we're supposed to get to the ballot and go, let me think. Hmm, the Labour people waved with real enthusiasm. I really felt like they wanted me to know that they were waving at me. Something in their wave, they were going, they were going, prosperity for all jobs for all. We're all going to have a better life. And somehow they convey that entire message through a one-handed wave. I love it when I see one that doesn't even try us. <laughs> I saw an LMP guy the other day. I was driving Jake to school. He and I were in the car together over at Redcliffe. And there's a guy and he has just gone, look, I'll do it, but I'm not embracing it. So he had bought like a fold-out table at home. He had his laptop on it. He had a thermos of coffee had his head down looking at the laptop, and he was like, not a single wave. You are not getting a single wave. Vote for the LNP or don't. I don't even care. I'm only here because my wife Mavis said I had to be. It was this or wash the car and weed the front garden, so here I am. Please don't bother me. No thanks needed. So everyone's worrying about hygiene at the moment and it's creeping into my life everywhere. I've always been pretty good at washing my hands and stuff, but every now and then you see something happen and go, oh, I never thought about that. On Friday night, my good friend Andrew and his English crumpet girlfriend Rachel came over to watch the football with us where Canberra lost, uh, well, pretty badly to Melbourne, which I was sad about. Anyway, we were having Corona beers and uh, I'm cutting up a lime and it occurs to me that when you go to a bar or nightclub, or not that I go to nightclubs, who am I kidding, but when you go to a bar, right, um, they cut up the lime and they put the lime with tongs into the neck of the Corona bottle and everyone goes, oh good, hygiene, you didn't touch the lime. And I thought to myself, of course they touched the lime. Before the bar opens, someone grabs a handful of limes, tosses them into the into the basket, they cut them up, probably not wearing gloves, and even if they did, the truck driver delivering them. If one spills out, he's just going to pick it up, throw it back in the box. The kid at Woolies that put them on the shelf, he's just going to use his hands. The fruit picker, the fruit picker up north or wherever the hell limes are grown, I really should have looked into that before I started recording this, they're just pulling them off with their hands as well. But at the bar, oh, we've got the tongs, oh, we'd never touch your precious lime, sir. Here you go, now give us $18.50 for this corona. And I thought, you're not fooling anyone, champ, for all the terrible things that have happened to that lime from a biosecurity point of view. Since the day it was picked, you could have licked it and put it in the bottle. I'm still glad you didn't, though. No thanks needed. So last night, big Sunday night at my house, uh, two games of football that we wanted to watch. So we ordered some Uber Eats, just got to go a Porto, yes please, and we settle in. Now, I'm one of those people that likes to watch the Uber process play out on my phone, just so I know what's going on. So I see they're preparing the order, good, and uh, this guy's on his way to pick it up, good on him. Oh, he's got it, that's great. 
and I watch him leave the shopping centre and I watch him head up the road. And then when he's supposed to turn right towards my place, he goes straight ahead. And I go, uh, dude, dude, where are you going? And he goes down a couple of blocks, pulls into what I know is a service station because I know the area. It's a 7-Eleven service station. And he clearly parks there. Just hangs out. I thought, well, maybe he needs petrol or something, but it makes no sense because to go to my place from the restaurant, you'd drive past two service stations. So he wanted that specific one, as I said, also 7-Eleven. And he just sat there and I watch on the app going, okay, that's a minute. Okay, fair enough. Two, two minutes, three, four, five, seven, eight minutes. And then he gets in the car, drives at a leisurely pace towards my house. What did he do for those seven or eight minutes? What was he up to? Why did he need that service station? Now, I posted on Facebook and it's when I discovered that some of my friends, whilst they may be right, could appear to be a little bit racist in their comment. Like someone said, oh, maybe the guy's cousin works there and he was dropping in just to give him a few of your chips, Mike. And that's possibly true. Then he arrived, gave me this big story how he'd been in a car accident. And I went, oh, really, whereabouts? And he said, oh, on the road between here and, and a Porto. And I went, right. And I looked out the phone to see his car. And he went, oh, I've already swapped cars. I went, right. So for him to swap cars and still arrive in that period of time would suggest he is followed by a fleet of support vehicles, in which case they would have really jammed up the concourse at the 7-Eleven and caused complete and utter chaos. In hindsight, I'm lucky he turned up at all. I've got to get on the app and send that guy a tip. <laughs> no thanks needed. All right, beautiful people and the ugly ones. That's episode 18 of No Thanks Needed Done. I've been doing this for over four months now and I really look forward to chatting to you guys every week. If you'd like to get back to me, give me your feedback, particularly the American people love to know how you heard about me. Uh, Mike at thecomedians.com.au. You can send me anything you want, but there's no need to get nasty. Last week, in a fit of marketing genius, because I mentioned my suburb of Kalanga, I posted to the Kalanga Facebook group, which is a lively little group at the best times and I posted going hey you guys I talk about Kalanga thought some of you might be interested and after eight hours no one had responded to the post in any way no likes no comments which made me think no one saw it but someone did because late that night about 11 o'clock at night someone posted nobody gives a f dead so I deleted the post <laughs> I'll chat to you next week no thanks needed with Mike Van Acker produced by the podcast boss